See, last week we talked about the ministry of Jesus beginning and how the enemy worked. So we got the ministry of Jesus here, all right? And first of all, we talked about how the devil had opposed Jesus and fought Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus then coming out of the wilderness, Luke chapter number 4, you can refer to that as, as I'm talking here. Jesus goes into the wilderness the Bible says in Luke 4, 1, full of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus came out of the wilderness, the Bible says and described him not full of the Holy Ghost, but it says that he came and returned in the power of the Spirit. There's a difference there. He went full of the Holy Ghost, but he returned in the power of the Spirit. Okay, so if you were here the last couple Wednesday nights, you learned and I taught you how to meditate and break the Scriptures down. The first thing is this, so why is it described that he went in full of the Holy Ghost, but he returned in the power of the Spirit? If you look in the Greek, you will see that Jesus was basically anointed. He had the power and the ability of the Holy Ghost when he went into the wilderness. When he came out of the wilderness, the word there, the power of the Spirit, means that he was guided. Okay? Around here we hunt. Let's put it like this. Jesus went into the wilderness like a shotgun. We use shotguns. Now, Andy's a duck hunter. Right? Would you like to take me sometime, Andy? I've got a 22. I also have a Mossberg 500. Can I take that? All right. Thank you. Now, do you mind taking me? I have a 45. I won't shoot you. I promise. I grew up with a 12-gauge loaded by the door of my house all my life. And we didn't even realize the gun was really there. It was just sitting there. Today, they all like, oh, my God, you got a gun. Well, yeah. Anyway, where were we? Andy was a duck hunter. Is a duck hunter. You use a shotgun because you don't want to destroy the duck. You want to bring him down. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he had knockdown power. Now this gets good. This is a whole sermon in itself. When he came out, he came in the power of the Spirit, which means that he was guided. He was specifically able to hit a certain target, like a rifle. Now here, you guys have to use shotguns to deer hunt. Where I'm from, we use rifles, okay? The rifles have a, in, in the, they, they're, they're the, what do you call that? The rifling? The rifling. The riflings in the barrel that make that projectile, when it comes out of that rifle, go to a specific place on the target because you wanted to kill it. You want to destroy the target. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he went in with knockdown power. But when he came out, he came out as a fatal killer. Some of us in, in, are going through trials, and what God is trying to do in the trial is he's trying to take your knockdown power to get you to the point where you can specifically hit your target, the enemy, and take him out. And so he's trying to teach us through the process of the wilderness that if you let me take you through the process, I am going to give you not only knockdown power, I am going to give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So that means that when the enemy comes in and you've been through a lot of wilderness processes, the enemy better be aware that guess what? He's on dangerous territory because I am guided by the Holy Ghost. I am now not only full of the Spirit, but I am in the power of the Spirit now as well. That's where I want to be. Amen? I want this church to be just like that. We talked about that last week. When somebody comes in here and they have the enemy in their life, we want to kick the enemy out of their life. We want to be a church that has power. I don't care what any pastor or any church thinks about this church right here. 
If you're a people pleaser, you will drive yourself N-U-T-T-Y. Nutty. You can't please everybody. I have pastors look at me and say, oh, yeah. I drove by your church at 1.30 or 2. Everybody was still in the parking lot. All the cars were still there. I said, yeah, man. You don't realize we got to, we got to work on ourselves. We had to work overtime sometimes. Coming into a church at 9.30 or 10 o'clock and leaving before 11 is not going to be not enough to get us to where we need to be. We need to be in his presence. Because if we're in his presence, then God is going to give us victory. God is going to impart to us power. God is going to put in us victory. God is going to put in us the ability. Well, you know, it, you know, your church, you, you do this at your church. And if you do this, you got to have this. And you, and you got to have, if you speak in tongues, you got to have an interpreter. That's not what it says in 1 Corinthians 14 when it says if somebody gives a message and nobody interprets and the next person gives a message and they don't interpret and the third person gives a message and they don't interpret, then what does it say? Well, shut your church down and turn in your license because you're not really a church. No, it says go on with what you're doing. Isn't that what the word says? So when I speak in tongues, I don't have to have an interpreter all the time. And if you hang around here long enough, I'm going to teach you how that when you speak in tongues, when you pray, you're actually spiritually weightlifting and you're getting power in your life to knock off any devil that comes along your way. Amen? That's not in my notes. That's not in my notes. Was it okay, Sister Jenny? That was good. All right. Now, here we go. We got this problem here, and the issue is this. We talked about last week that when Jesus came out of the wilderness, then on the Sabbath day, he goes to the synagogue. And he reads in the book of Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, right? To, to heal the brokenhearted, blah, 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 blah. And he says, This day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. And so they all get mad at him. People are going to get mad at you when you start to get biblical, genuine Christianity and principles of the kingdom in your life because you are going to make them feel uneasy. You are going to make them feel backslid. They want you to lower your standard down to them. Why don't they raise theirs up to you? I'm trying to tell the truth today, Marty. I've been trying all morning to tell the truth here. Why doesn't people come? Why don't people want to live closer to God? Because the closer you get to Jesus, the smaller the crowd gets. The closer you get to Jesus, the brighter the light gets. And you know what? Darkness, cockroaches of sin, cannot live in our lives the closer we get to the light. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more his spirit convicts us. And the more his spirit talks to us. And the more his spirit says, oh, son, I don't think you need to be doing that anymore. And the more he's, he, he gets a hold of us and he says, you know what? You need to love that person that did you wrong. You need to love and forgive that person that did you dirty. You need to pray for those who talk evil against you. You need to forgive those who despitefully use you. And the closer we get to Jesus, the less flesh that we can entertain. And the closer we get to Jesus, the less that we can be more like ourselves. And we want to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's a lonely crowd the closer you get to Jesus. And so, you know what? Uh, People fight with us all the time. Well, if you're going to have tongues in your church, you better make sure somebody interprets. Just why don't you just throw your fingers down your throat and gag yourself for a while. See, I shouldn't have said that. I should have just asked the Lord to forgive me of that. Well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't have music. I had somebody one time say, I am never going back to that church. They had a kid who went to this church. And they said, my child is not going back to that church. And we said, well, why aren't they coming back? Why aren't you coming back to church? Because you don't have a cross in your church. Wow. I said, we got a steeple. That didn't count. I'm not here to look at a couple pieces of wood crisscrossed with each other. 
I'm here to feel his presence. I'm here to get in his presence. I'm here to get in with him and let him touch me and, and let me touch him. That's what I'm here for. I don't care what's on the wall, man. You can put a big old poster of, I don't care, Bush Stadium. You better pray for the Cardinals because they're in trouble right now, brothers and sisters. You can put a big old picture of Bush Stadium up there and we can put Bob Gibson and Albert Pujols and, and love him or hate him, Tony LaRusa, and we can say, well, this is we're going to have Cardinal Day at Family Worship Center. But guess what? It doesn't matter because when we come in here and we get into his presence, that's when sickness disappears. That's when devils start to cringe and back away. That's when all hell breaks loose and begins to get off of our bodies and out of our lives because of his presence. So I'm not too worried about whether we got a cross or not. I'm not too worried about whether we have an interpretation and everything or not. Because I'm gonna, I can teach you, and this is what I was gonna tell you before. I can teach you that if you speak in tongues when you pray, you will become so strong that you can pull down strongholds, that you can fight back the kingdom of darkness, that you can say, come down dark prince, hallelujah, you can set people free. It's those same people when somebody is in need and those people walk into houses and they say, oh, you've got problems in this house and I cannot help you. Gee, oh my goodness. There is a scripture that says they have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the what? It is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, good brothers and sisters, when we get the gospel in our lives, we become infused with the power of the gospel. And that when we walk anywhere we go, Walmart, Dollar General, or good Lord, Lord and Taylor, wherever we go, we carry that same power with us. Well, you may have to call the holy rollers and the tongue tuckers down there in the valley. Here they are. And the people come in. Now remember this sermon title last week? When the devil went to the wrong church? I'm going to preach that. I'll preach it before Ginger. I'll preach it. Let me tell you something. When people walk into church, they bring all their junk with them. Demons come with them. And that's up to us to create the atmosphere that's charged with the power of God to neutralize the demons. We're like Holy Ghost baking soda. We're neutralizing. Hallelujah. You walk into your family full of the power of God, you start neutralizing everything the enemy tries to do. The enemy loses his mind. He he spits, he sputters, he coughs, he accuses, he does all this stuff. He tries to scare you. He tries to intimidate you. He tries to get you to just lose your mind. But I'm telling you this, when Jesus took care of the demoniac of Gadara in Mark chapter number 5, after Jesus got done with him, they found him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Oh, my goodness. So listen, if your spouse is crazy, just tell them, you know what? Jesus can put you in your right mind. But you picked him. Amen. So, Margo, can I share the story? Okay. All right. So many of you know that Margo rents an apartment from me. All right? And so she told me the other day, she said, my toilet keeps running. I wanted to say, well, where's it running to? Store. But I didn't. I was sensible. I said, is it all the time? She says, off and on. I said, it's probably the flapper. So I went in there and I looked and the flappers wore out. After 17 or 20 years, you get wore out too, just having water lay on you all the time, wouldn't you? You're in the bathtub 30 minutes and you prune up. Come on now. Am I the only one that prunes? No, no. Y'all made out of the same stuff, mud out. Amen. So I said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get a new flapper and I'll come back. And I said, Margo, have you been sleeping in this bedroom? 
not? Because something in there. He said the dogs won't even go in there. He said they get to the door and they turn around and come back. He said, it's real. I said, it ain't real. Are you kidding my way? And then I had to just, I just had, couldn't help it. I said, well, listen, before you even get in, I could place three people for murder in that room. Oh, says he, I heard that angel. No, I said, I see them now where they at. I said, Marco, she said, I see things moving. I feel scared. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a toothbrush. I'm going to go get you a flapper. And when I get back, I want you to get the oil out for me. I don't care if it's canola, safflower, herm, or what. It don't matter. It could be Wesson. It could be great value. It don't matter. Just give me some oil out because I'm going to pray over this apartment. And I'm going to make it. You're going to be able to sleep in here. I'm talking about this is everyday Christianity. It wasn't Sunday. It wasn't Wednesday. You know what it was? It was just one day in the week. But I have a lifestyle Christianity because I'm in relationship. So I went and I got the flapper and I got back and I fixed the flapper. Yes, the flapper was wore out. Yes, it was tarred. Time to retire. And I walked out of the bathroom and I said, okay, Margo, where's the oil? She went and got the oil. I poured a little bit in the cap, and I said, now, you just pray with me. And so I took that oil, and I put my finger in that deal, and I just smeared it on those doors. I'm hoping, Lord, don't let the landlord get mad because there's oil on the doors. And I said, in the name of Jesus, just like they put the blood on the doorpost in Egypt, and the death angel had to pass over. Right now, I take authority over every spirit that comes into this apartment. I take authority over every spirit in this apartment. In the name of Jesus. I was in my tennis shoes, my jeans, and an old T-shirt. The outfits that you say, I wish you wouldn't wear that stuff all the time. Wish you'd dress up like a pastor. Boy, you going to dress up like this and fix toilets? That ain't going to work. I'd be the best-looking toilet fixer in Fayette County if I did that. Everybody be calling me saying, hey, where's that good-looking guy in that suit? Where's that sharp-dressed man to come fix that toilet? Where's he at? Call him, BR549. Some of you know where that's from, too. Most of you don't, you kiddies. Then we went to the bedroom door, and I smeared oil on that bedroom door, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every devil every unclean spirit, every tormenting spirit, every spirit of fear, every spirit of intimidation. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I started going into really perfected praise. I started speaking in tongues. I started saying, And I walked through that apartment. Hallelujah. And then we just kept on praying. Those apartments aren't very big. So, I mean, we weren't there six hours. We were just there like, you know, three minutes. A prayer doesn't have to be eternal to be, you know, immortal and effective. And I was getting ready to leave. I was cleaning out the cap where I put my fingers in so, you know, Margot could have a clean cap back on her Wesson or Great Value or whatever it was. And then she, Margot kind of jerked. She said, oh, I feel sick in here. I said, do you need me to help you sit down? She said, yeah. Well, she comes to me the other day. And she said, you know when I had that spell? I said, yeah. She said, I think that spirit left me that day. And then she came up to me the other day at the reception last night, and she said, hey, I want to just thank you again. She said, the dogs are going into that room right now. They don't get scared anymore. I'm not seeing anything anymore. I'm not feeling anything anymore. 
And I said, I'm believing, Margot, that before this is all over, you're going to be going back in that bedroom and you're going to be able to pull your sheets back on your bed and lay your head down on that pillow and snore away in Jesus. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The devil's already been defeated. He's a liar and the father of it. It's time that we start believing. It's time that we start acting on it. It's time that we start kicking the devil out of our lives, out of our homes, out of our family. See, you guys got me preaching like this, and I got two slides done, and one of them was blank. Jesus' teaching was powerful. I'm talking about, this is, I don't know what series and set this is. This is like series six or seven. I've been preaching about how we got here since when? A long time. It's all been good, hadn't it? It's, just, it's all been good, hadn't it? It's all been good. Got to give me a little support here. The teaching of Jesus was powerful. Luke 4.31 then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, this is the New Living Translation, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. His teachings, his words had power. Words have power. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.21, I believe it is. You don't like the life you're living now? Start speaking different. You don't like what you got now? Talk it up. Say something different. Quit talking negative. Quit talking down on yourself. Quit telling yourself you're no good. You're nobody. Amen. Start saying, you know what? I'm good because God made me this way. And God don't make no junk. Uh, that for copyright laws, that's not original. Just want to tell you that. All right? God doesn't make any junk. You look in the mirror and say, I'm a man of God. I've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. I've been washed in the blood. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. Y'all ever heard that song? I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I'm best friends with Lance Appleton. Lance Appleton's best friend. I believe in holiness, not just you do, Shane. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. If you pardon me if I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. Uh-uh. We don't bring you up here and have the congregation vote on you. Brother, when God fills you, you just got the best vote in the world. When he gives you the Holy Ghost, you dissatisfied heaven and earth. When he puts his spirit in you, he says, I've been waiting for you for a long time. Because in your book before you were even formed, I already wrote down everything I wanted you to do. I already put every event in your life. Hallelujah. Psalm 139, 16 through 18. Before you took your first breath, God wrote down every event in your life and everything that was going to happen. And the devil's going to try to keep you from your destiny. Listen to me, brother. Brothers and sisters, do not let the devil steal your destiny. You keep fighting him. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. And soon you're going to be walking through that door. Are you hearing me? Pretty soon God's going to be starting moving in your life. Billy Cole said, say what you seek until you see what you say. Say what you seek. Until you see what you say. Our problem is we say trash. Because our lives are filled with doubt. Our lives are filled with junk. Our lives are filled with unbelief. Our lives are filled with strongholds. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Jesus came to break the curse on us. Jesus came to break the curse on your family. Jesus came to break the... Let me tell you something. You, 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 
there's families that generation after generation after generation deal with all kinds of junk. They deal with suicide. They may deal with divorce. They may deal with child abuse and, and pedophilia and, and all of that business. Let me tell you something. And then somebody in that bloodline gets the power of the Holy Ghost in their life and the blood of Jesus. And they realize that the Bible says that the iniquity of the fathers will visit to the third and fourth generations. And all it takes is a Holy Ghost filled blood bought child of God on their knees to say I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my ancestors three and four back and I stop this suicide. I stop this addiction. I stop this pedophilia right now in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you there's more power in one drop of the blood of Jesus Christ than the nuclear arsenal of the United States of America. Oh the blood that reaches to the highest mountain. Oh, that blood that flows to the lowest valley. It will never, ever, ever lose its power. Somebody worship him for the blood today. Good Lord. Those All those preachers in that stinking Zimmerman family left me this morning. None of them can stay and preach. They all had deadlines and commitments. I just sent the emoji that had the guy puking out of his mouth. And I said, I love y'all. Safe travels. Not one of you could come and stay and preach. That's all right. Because I'm kind of having fun today. I'm not getting much accomplished on my slides. But it's good. Amy likes it when I get off my slides. I'm like Donald Trump. When I leave the fellowship, look out. And I'm going to tell you, old Donald has been on fire. And did you see that the the Little League baseball champions were stranded, I guess, in Washington, D.C.? And he said, you know, boys, you're from Louisiana. I'm going to do a rally. Why don't you just hop on my plane, Air Force One, and I'll take you home. How about that now? Cha-ching. Cha-ching. See, the devil doesn't like it when he, he, he wants to keep you in a, in a, in a box where you, are, where you are predictable. But the devil is not expecting you to come out of your box. But I'm preaching to you to get out of your box. I'm preaching to you to start realizing that you have power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm here to tell you that you are in a war. I'm here to tell you the devil hates your guts. So you might as well just that, get that same hatred and animosity toward the enemy that he has toward you and say, let's reciprocate here, big boy. Let's do, let's do a little thing. And you know what? When the devil's bothering you, I don't know if you're up to this level yet, but take the devil for a ride. Take him for a ride. When the devil's been chasing you all day long, say, you know what? You've been with me all day long. Let's go for a ride. And you go get to your car, and you walk around. And I don't know, people going to think you're crazy if you're at Walmart. You go and open the passenger door, and you open and say, get on in. Put the seatbelt on, because we don't want to lose you. God knows if we lost you, what are we going to do? Who are we going to fight with then? Fight with Amy? No, not then. I'm scared of Amy. Amen. Scared. And get in that car and shut the door and get on a highway. I don't care where you go. Take him for a ride and start to say, you know what? You always are trying to remind me of my past. So I want to take this opportunity that we are riding together. We are ride sharing right now. I want to take this opportunity of ride share to remind you of your future. Because, let me tell you something, you were kicked out of heaven into the atmosphere of the earth. Revelation 13 says that the devil was kicked out and all the stars had followed him, the demons, the fallen angels, a third of them. All the stars of the heavens were kicked into to the face of the earth. At the end time, he is going to be cast into the lake of fire. 
He is always going down. But devil, let me remind you that my ancestors, Adam and Eve, were caretakers in the garden that God created. Perfect, beautiful. Just one tree they couldn't touch, they couldn't eat of. One tree they couldn't eat of. And you tricked them. And you took the title deed to the earth. And you took the dominion that they had. And you took all of that business. But can I remind you, devil, can you still hear the sounds of that lonely man from Nazareth as his sandals scrape along the sandy streets in Jerusalem and you hear the grinding of the dirt underneath and you see him carrying a cross up to that hill called Golgotha. And when they put him on that cross and they pierced his nails and feet and they put that spear in his side and that blood and water flowed, he said in his heart, this blood, Tracy, is for you. And then in June 16th, 1981, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus and he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now, devil, I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. So I was lost, and then he redeemed me, and then he filled me, and now I've got a promise that I'm going to heaven one day. So, devil, let me summarize this for you. While you're going down, I am going up. Hallelujah. While you're going down to defeat, I'm going to move into victory. Hallelujah. You need to remind the devil, victory is coming. You need to remind the devil, power is mine. Victory is mine. Authority is mine. Oh, yes. Bless your heart. Oh, aren't you glad this is all over? We should have prayed more for the Davises and the Cajuns and the Durbins and the Philpots. Because good God Almighty, as they say in the black church, good God Almighty. Whew. You know what I was worried about? I was worried about the queso factory. Did you get some queso? You didn't get any queso? Queso cheese? The cheese? Oh, the, the cheese? You forgot about that already? Goat cheese? Oh, Lord. Well, thanks for saving it for us. We got more. Amen. The devil's losing. You're winning. The devil's mad because he's losing you. The devil's mad because he's losing his influence on you. The devil's mad because you don't talk like you used to talk. And if you're backsliding and starting to talk like you used to talk, you need to clean up your mouth or we're going to wash your mouth out with soap. Amen. Amen. Mitchell, come here and stick your mouth out. And I saw his mom take ivory soap and rub it up and down that tongue. I said, good Lord Jesus, help him. He's going to be puking everywhere. Don't you pull that tongue back in there. You keep it out. Boy, she's just rubbing that ivory soap on him. Now she said, shut your mouth. He shut his mouth. I mean, bubbles started coming out. Yeah, we were child abusers. We beat him. We did. We did. The first one Megan ever got, mom got her first and I gave her one. She was 18 months old, 15 months old. But I'll tell you, her attitude straightened out immediately. Just got to get their attention. Got to draw the line. Got to hold the line. Greater is the that's within. Love is the always open. The devil's a liar. You can beat the devil. You can win. Let's go to the next slide so we can finish. He's casting devils in church. He's casting out devils in church. Jesus is casting out devils in church. Luke 4.33, New Living. Once when he was in a synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit began shouting at Jesus, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One sent from God. Well, the devils know what's going on. Brandon hit it today. The devils believe in one God and tremble. They're afraid of Jesus. They're afraid of Jesus. 
Now, me by myself, they're not afraid of me, but they're afraid of the Jesus inside of me. Read in the book of Acts about the seven sons of Sceva. Read in the book of Acts where they were going to, this, uh, these seven sons of Sceva, were, apparently they were Bible students somehow or something was going on there. And they found somebody who had a devil in them, and they were going to cast out the devil. And so they went to casting out the devil, and the devil started talking to them. Ooh, boy. And the devil said this. He said, we adjure thee by the God that Paul served to come out of this person. Now, the devil is a spirit being. He's an angel. He's a dark angel. He's like dark night. I guess how y'all, that's how y'all remember now, right? Dark night, dark rider. He said, Paul I know. I know who Paul is. And Jesus I know. But who are you? And then they, and then they came out all right. Sorry, I snorted. <laughs> I'll have to edit that for the radio. Jesus. Somebody hear that on the radio broadcast? Say, my God, that pastor and family worship center, I was, cruising, I was scanning through the radio and he snorted. What'd he snort? Cocaine, air? What'd he do? I don't know. He just snorted. All I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? And that devil came out of that person and beat up those seven sons. Not only beat them up, but yanked all their clothes off. They're running down the street naked, humiliated. The devils know who you are. The devils know that you are a threat. The devils know. You say, well, say, Pastor, those seven sons couldn't cast out that demon. I'm telling you, they weren't, they weren't operating in a relationship. They weren't operating in the relationship that Paul operated with with Jesus. And, they, and Jesus cut him short and said, be quiet, come out of the man. He ordered, and at that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched and then came, came out of him without hurting him further. Everybody say, it came out. It's supposed to come out. When you pray in Jesus' name, something is supposed to happen. saying when you get when, when you get down on your knees brothers and sisters you are an atomic threat to the kingdom of darkness when you say you have had enough you have had enough and i'm living i'm, I'm living what i'm telling you i'm telling you megan was a little girl we were over in that house over on airport road and she would wake up in the middle of the night screaming nightmares, screaming nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. And I tell you what, the Lord has given me two strong appetites for the day, one for food and one for sleep. Anybody, can, any, can I get any witnesses? All right, thank you. And I'm going to tell you, you know how, Brother Johnny, he can fast. Three-day fast. Let's just go on a 17-day fast. We'll start right now. I got to prepare. But when I'm sleeping, please don't bother my sleep. And this went on night after night after night. After night. Now, this one night it happened. And the hall light was on. And I heard her coming screaming, and Amy got up, and I heard her say, oh, I've had a bad dream, I'm scared, I'm scared. And something just woke me up. Now, I did not, I, I did not have my bedroom slippers at the bed, but when I rolled out, I slid my feet in my slippers, and I put my little robe on. And, you know, I looked like uh, Fred McMahon. On my three sons, you know. And I don't want you to go any further than this. Don't even try to picture this. I just had my underwear on, okay? I'm telling you this. 
I threw that cover back, and I yelled, I have had enough. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And Clark's cousin, Shane, lived next door to me. And I prayed, God, don't let Shane see me out here Monday all day. I had enough. I'm done. You have taken my sleep. You see what, I'm, what am I trying to tell you? I'm telling you, you can get the devil out of your everyday life. God wants you to sleep. The Bible says that he has given his children sweet rest. He wants you to sleep. But the enemy wants to take sleep away from you. So then you have sleep deprivation and you cannot think normally. And you're weary and you're tired and then you get weak. And then he can just come over and blow you over and you're done. Because your spirit man, and I'm closing, your spirit man is living in this natural body. And we are subject to the laws of this natural body. And when this baby gets tired, everything shuts down. Right? All right. Some of you don't. That's all right. For me, it does. And I threw that cover back and I yelled, I've had enough. And I got out there and I got the oil. And I went to every door in that house at 3 a.m. And I am smearing oil on doors. I am smearing oil everywhere. I'm bringing down dark. I'm bringing down everything that's there. I'm bringing down everything that ain't there. I'm going to cover it all. Amen. And finally, the last spot was the front door. And I didn't stop at the front door. I anointed the front door. And I said, I'm going out in the yard. And here I am out there in my skivvies on the porch at 3 a.m. Saying, let me tell you something, devil. I have had enough. This is a Holy Ghost house. This is a Holy Ghost family. And you are not going to torment us with dreams anymore. And you are not going to torment us with fear anymore. And you are not going to take my sleep anymore. And to my recollection, that was the last nightmare that Megan had. We slept like babies. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's time for you to take control. I'm telling you, it's time for you to take control. I got control of my house. I got it. Well, Pastor, I might need some help. Just call me up. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you got to do is call, and I'll be right there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. You hear me? And tell, let me tell you something. It don't matter about the oil. You don't need extra virgin olive oil. You don't need we get the nice oil we have here, you know, the frankincense. It's a beautiful smell. It's beautiful. But God don't care if it's Quaker State. Just do it in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You just do it in the name of Jesus. Just do it. Let's all stand because I'm getting crazy now. Just do it in the name of Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. Oh, we got a, we got a piano player. He can't hide, can he? That old big old boy cannot hide. See, that's like the devil. I, I didn't, I'm not calling you a devil, Seth, but I'm saying just like the devil. A Holy Ghost-filled person, the devil can't hide from him because we recognize what he's doing. Now, people out in the world say, oh, my grandmother committed suicide. My great-grandmother committed suicide. My great-great-great-grandmother, she committed suicide, blah, 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 blah. And this is just what's in our family. Well, I'll tell you what's in your family. It's a demon. It's a curse. But you see, people in the world cannot recognize what people in the church can because we have the eyes of Jesus. We have his spirit living in our lives. Now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. If I have preached to you and maybe you're facing a battle or a situation, we're going to come up here, up front here. If you've got a situation, you I don't want you to tell me what it is unless you want to, but I want you to come up here and I want you to leave that situation here today. I want you to leave it here today. So let me give you an example. If you're having nightmares in your house or your kids are having nightmares that's keeping you up at night and you want that to stop, then get up here right now in Jesus' name. Whatever it is. So whatever I've talked about, if I've talked about anything and you would like to pray before you go, come on real fast. Come on. Come on, real fast. Come on. Come on. Come on. Real fast now. Come on. If you ain't got no problems, praise God. We just want to be where you're at. Tell us where you, what you can do. But we all have situations. We all have circumstances. We all have problems. 
But I'm telling you, Jesus had power. And Jesus had authority. And Jesus has put that power, that same power is in us. That same authority is in our mouth. It's just time. Come on, come in close. If you want to pray for something, come on close. Come on. I brushed my teeth and I got gum in my mouth. I'm fresh. Come on. Come on. Come on. It may be a wayward child. It may be a situation in the family. It, you, you may be involved. You may have a whole family full of knuckleheads. No, I'm, I'm serious. There are some families that are just N-U-T-S. Yes. Nuts. And they give you problems. And, and, you, and, and you're, you're fairly normal. At least when you're away from your family, you're fairly normal. But then when you get with them, they try to make you feel crazy again. That's, a, that's an intimidating spirit that's trying to rob you of the blessings of God. Because, listen, the way you see your heavenly, their natural father, father or your natural family is a, a stronghold on the way you're going to see your heavenly father. If your physical father abused you and was angry and mean with you all the time, it's hard for you to just come into the presence of the Lord through your heavenly father and, and think that you can ask anything you want because you're like this. Because you have fear. God wants to remove the fear today. Amen? God wants to remove the fear. So here's what we're going to do. They're going to play and sing. You're just going to throw your hands in the air. And you're going to speak expressively of what it is. You're going to speak the name of the people. You're going to speak the situation. You're going to speak how you see it and how it's coming down. And you're going to start speaking against that in the name of Jesus. And then when you feel that Holy Ghost start kicking in to make that witness, then you're going to start speaking prophetically. That baby is going to turn around. This situation is going to end. That heart is going to be melted. Are you ready? On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Throw your hands in the air. Let's begin to speak to it right now. Lord, I speak to these situations right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I name the names right now. I name these names right now in the name of Jesus. God, you are in control. You are in control in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, God, I give it to you. I give this situation to you. I give this job to you that takes me out of church. I give this job to you that takes me out, Lord, of serving you. Lord, the people, these people around me talk down to me. These people that aren't encouraging to me. These people, Lord, that make me feel like I'm silly. Lord, I give them to you today. And Lord, I give it to you, and you're changing it. You're changing my workspace. You're changing, Lord, my family dynamic. You're changing, Lord, the church situation. You're changing, Lord, what I need right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh! 
right here. This is how you fight right here. Now I want you to start speaking words. I want you to start speaking the things you want to see. I want you to start speaking the things you want to happen, the things that you want to change. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to see that baby of mine back in church. I want to see, Lord, that baby baptized. I want to see, Lord, my spouse full of the Holy Ghost. I want to see, Lord, this situation in my family turned around. Hallelujah. I want to see all of my family sitting in church worshiping the Lord. I want to see my grandchildren baptized. I want to see my grandchildren receiving the Holy Ghost. Well, come on now, somebody. Come on now, somebody. Yeah, oh, Tama. What are you wanting? What are you wanting? What are you wanting? Say what you seek until you see what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to talk warfare. It's time to talk victory. It's time to talk deliverance. It's time to talk power. It's time to talk a miracle in your life. Jesus, I need that miracle. Jesus, I cannot do it by myself, but I need that miracle right now.